But if I had to pick on who would win the series, I'm picking Miami because I still believe that Milwaukee will get out coached. I still believe. I, uh, that's huge. Um, yeah. I, and, and to be honest with you, it's a good matchup for Miami because it'd be different if um, Miami didn't have the defensive firepower to handle someone like Drew Holiday, but they do. So yeah. it's different if they had someone like Bradley Bill or somebody like Russ who isn't as good guarding a Drew Holiday, but you have someone like Jimmy or players like that who can guard players like that. And Opulent Inventory, our proud partners here on the show. Now you can finally have the Apple product times the Apple guys. That's right, from AirPods to iPhones to MacBooks to Apple Watches to trade-ins and much more. Now you can have the Apple product of your dreams. Promo code podcast gets you 20% off. That's right, 20% off on any Apple item. Visit Opulent Inventory, Nash and Guardi, those are great guys on all social media platforms, and on Instagram. Now, let's head back to the show. back here inside studio z the sebi podcast radio show heard and viewed from 16 different platforms worldwide here inside of our wnsc studios in orlando my ride partner michael gray from the tri-state areas my man mike 90 degrees weather i know you're loving this oh yeah we loving it man it's been it's been great weather all week and leading up into the end of last week you know anytime we can go outside and uh Get that connection with the sun. You know I'm all smiles, man. It's been it's been great. It's been great times up here. How's everything going with you down south? Everything is going well. Everything is going smooth. Um, it's 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 summer. It's that summertime, man. So all the city girls and all the city boys are starting to come out. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're having a fun time here. That's for sure. I always thought that city boys thing. It was funny that 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 even became a thing. You know, I'm like, man, let the girls, let the ladies have have, have let the ladies have that, right? Yeah, let let the ladies have their little shine during the summer. Anyways, here we're not city boys. We're sport fellas here on our show, episode thirty one of our great show, season three. Great, great, great stuff. We've got a special guest, Joy D'Angela, coming with us today. Uh, but first off, Mike, we're going to start off with our NBA awards. We know that the NBA season, the regular season, is technically over. We're here to give out our NBA awards. And we'll start off, Mike, right off from the back. You're executive of the year. There's a lot of candidates. A lot of candidates. Um, they've got D. Wade and the Altmans in Utah. The fantastic job that Quinn Snyder and his staff has done. And also the GM uh, orchestrating that team. We've also got Leon Rose and what they've done turn around in the Knicks and the Knickerbockers are relevant again. 
So a, a lot of great, great candidates for this position for executive of the year. Who is your pick, Mike? I'm going to lean towards Leon Rose because for, for the job that he's done uh, this, this past year, even even going into last season, you know, the, the recruitment that he's done, the players, the, the conversations behind closed doors that he's had with certain players and stuff like that. And now uh, just the, the culture that he's built over in New York in such a short span of time. Uh, they're not a championship team, but they've they've come a long way in in in, in, in quite some in, in quite a quick turnaround. So uh, I would get I would give that nod to Leon Rose. I, I love what he's done over there in New York. And I would agree as well, Mike. I'm gonna go with Leon Rose Leon. as well. The moves that he's made, he bringing in uh, Thibodeau. Julius Randall said he wanted a coach that would help hold him accountable. That's that's the uh, Tibbs to a T. You know what I'm saying? That's Tibbs to a T. So gotta give credit to Leon Rose, but also give him some credit bringing in guys like R.J. Barrett, developing, having a staff to develop him in his second season, acquiring guys and vets like Taj Gibson and Derrick Rose. So I got to give props to to where it's due. So uh, Leon Rose would be my guy as well. Yeah, no, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad at anybody. You know, speaking on the, the brothers over there in Utah with D Wade and them guys like that because they did a phenomenal job this year as well. But you know, it's it's something about you know turning a, a franchise around that was dead in the waters, that was so that was in such turmoil that you had Nick fans switching teams, switching favorite teams and stuff like that, like leaving them out to dry, and then all of a sudden. Within a year, they, they they turned things around, and now they're, they're the talk of the NBA. So Leon Rose has a lot to do with that. And I feel like that holds a, a, a significant reason of why I would pick him over uh, a D Wade and a, a over there in Utah because because of the consistency that they've had over the years. I feel like the the challenge that Leon Rose had was a little bit tougher. All right, and another honorable mention would be Pat Buckstein and also James Jones. Yes, James mm-hmm. Jones is is an assistant for the Phoenix Suns. What they've done as well, acquiring guys like Chris Paul and, and changing that culture there as well, bringing in guys like Jay Crowder. That would also be an honorable mention as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, the, the moves that they made over there, the toughness that they built, especially bringing in Chris Paul, that was the icing on the cake for this team and and the leadership they needed. So hats off to James what they're doing. Definitely there for sure. From the executive, we go, we trickle down to coach of the year. A lot of great names. Obviously, Tom Thibodeau stands out mm-hmm. to you. Monty Williams as well stands out to you as well. But you also got guys who've always been steady every year. Quinn Snyder, he's a guy. Dave McMillan, now not a member of the Indiana Pacers, <laughs> but now the Atlanta Hawks. First playoff burst since 2017. The Hawks there on the fifth spot. Uh, a lot of great names, Mike. Who's your choice? Now, I, I wouldn't. I'm gonna lean towards Monty Williams because of the consistency all season. Nate, Nate McMillan is definitely somebody I was definitely considering, especially ever since he took over for Atlanta. I mean, the, the production that he's had. We know how good this team offensively, but defensively, they got even better under him, and uh, that that holds why they're in the fifth seed and contention for the playoffs and stuff. So, uh, I, I would I would lean towards Monty Williams just because of that quick turnaround and what he's the, the culture that he's built over there with these guys in Phoenix. Monty has done a great job, and uh, he would he would be my nod for Coach of the Year this year. Got you. I'm going to go out east. I'm going to stick in New York. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and go with Coach Thibodeau. This is a, a, a team, Mike, last year they were bottom half in the lower third, probably like 29th, if I'm not mistaken, in defense. They are fourth overall, number one against guarding the three-point line. That is huge going into the playoffs. If you can limit teams – and run them off the three-point line and your trade and force them to shoot twos or head to the basket and score twos rather than threes in today's game, that's huge. They're excellent on defense. Um, they hold guys accountable. 
and Julius Randle's become an all-star because of the development of him and his staff over there. So I've got to give credit. I got to give credit to Tibbs. They they've done a great job with guys like quickly developing RJ Barrett in his second season, bringing in guys like Derrick Rose and putting him in position to be that a scorer off the bench. So Thibodeau is my guy. Yeah, I can't be mad at that pick at all. When you look at what New York's done this year, you brought up all great points and all all valid. As for as for why New York and Tom Thibodeau, what he's done with this team defensively, they're, they're top tier in the league. Uh, we know the personnel that they bought in and stuff like that, and they've bought into his culture. And um, you know, offensively, they they continue to sharpen and they get better. And they have scores who can they have guys who can get off on any given night. So, yeah, yeah, the, the collection, the combination of great defense and um, systematic offense. I, I love what I'm seeing from Tom Thibodeau, so I wouldn't be mad at that pick. Definitely there for sure. That. From that, we go to our most improved player of the year, the MIP. The MIP by, obviously, Julius Randle stands out. He's, he's probably the biggest one that we have there. But uh, you've got your dark horses and your sneakers as well. Demodis Sabonis, he's been uh, great for Indiana. In fact, Indiana had a hot, 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 hot game last night. Uh, Triple-double for uh, Sabonis in three quarters. Um, I believe early on this year, Mikey had a triple-double in one half. So yeah. he's Russell Westbrook in a forward's body. Can you imagine that? <laughs> so uh, that's that that's special. That's special there. Um, so uh, you, you've also got your guys like Devontae Graham as well and Terry Rozier, uh, their development out there in Charlotte, what they've done this year. So for the most improved player of the year, Mike, Who's your choice? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Julius Randle and and, and Sebi. I'm surprised you you might I I don't know who you're gonna pick, but I, I I suspect you're gonna be sticking in New York as well. But it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see um th- this pick because I feel like this is Julius Randle's by far. I mean, you got some other players that you mentioned, you know, Spontek Ram and those guys. Michael Porter Jr. is somebody who you know exactly just for conversation. Yeah, just, just for conversation can be bought into it. But this is Julius Randle's pick by uh, to me by far. I mean, the improvements that he's made, the, the jump that he's made, he's not a superstar, but he's like a tier lower from superstar status. And um, he's he's really improved his game to another level. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how far he goes. Yep, definitely there for sure. Uh, it's, it's it's. I mean, come on, we agree on this. I mean, it's chalk. There's no way around it. Julius Randle, this is a guy that, you know, now L.A. looks back and be like, how, how the heck did we let this guy go? Right. The Lakers are looking, how did, how did we leave? Can you imagine Julius Randle at the four and then AD at the five? Obviously, if you were to get AD, you probably have to move on from Randle yeah. to make that acquisition. But um, it, it's just they're, they're, they're probably like kicking their foot now. How do we let this guy go? He goes, bounces around the league, then finally finds a home in New York. And all he's done, Mike. <laughs> 24 11 and he's also giving you six assists because he demands that double uh, coverage and sometimes even triple so yeah that by far by far he's a guy that's he he he'll probably get some mvp votes as well mike he, they may not be first they might they may not be like you know first place votes but he'll get some looks in the mvp conversation but this guy is probably the runaway uh, most improved player of the year has to be has to be with his production with the, the team success and how they carried it uh the the second half of the season they just got better over time their confidence grew over time and it, it came from the you know the heart and soul of the team which is Julius Randle and uh, he's he's taking on that challenge he took on this responsibility of coming to New York you know when it, when it, when it wasn't a high priced marketable place uh, at the time 
and he's he's helped he's helped uh, lead this team, and and um yeah he he deserves that this award for sure. Definitely there for sure. Uh, for most improved player of the year, we go to the sixth man of the year. A lot of teams, you need a guy that can come off the beginning and give you instant production. Sometimes it could be uh, veteran leadership, like a guy like Derrick Rose, who's had a stellar guy from New York. Seems like all the New York Knicks guys are getting <laughs> nominations this year. Or it could be somebody that's been very steady off the bench, like a Jordan Clarkson from the Utah Jazz, propelling them to the number one seed in the Western Conference. <clears throat> or it could be a guy like the Boston Celtics. Poor, poor <laughs> year. But Marcus Smart definitely as well has had instant production when he's been in the lineup as a starter or off the bench. So, Mike, your sixth man of the year. My sixth man of the year would be Jordan Clarkson. You know, he's really like a sixth starter out there sometimes. And, uh, you know, you, I love what I'm saying from Derrick Rose, but another guy that, as crazy as it sounds, uh, Sebi, another guy that could potentially take that award away from him is his own teammate, Joe Ingles. I mean, the, the, the production that Joe Ingles is putting up off the bench from the three, from shooting, from three-point range this season is, like, historic. It's off the charts. So uh, Joe Ingles is having a fantastic season. I love what I'm saying from Derrick Rose, like you said, in New York. Uh, yeah, those guys, those guys out there hooping. But when you, but it's funny, Sebi, when you think about it, as far as team success, when the team is winning, you start to see that at the end of the year, everybody gets rewarded from team success. And that's what you see in New York right now. Um, they're all in the conversation for these awards and things like that. Derrick Rose has been playing phenomenal. But Jordan Clarkson, with the consistency that he's shown throughout this year off the bench, it has been phenomenal. He's been like he's been like a six starter. Now, you made a very good point because obviously Joe Ingles and also Jordan Clarkson are the reason why the Jazz are, are 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 number one in the 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 Western Conference top three in offense, top three in defense. They are um, last team to do that with the Bucks. Remember, I made that similarity. I feel like they're the Bucks of the Western Conference. So they they have this ability to. That's how they put on an avalanche, Mike. They get up on you ten points, and then the bench comes and they just blow you away. And then next thing you know, a blink of an eye, it's mid second quarter. You down twenty thirty at Utah. So. Those guys have been impressive. But my thing is, Mike, picking between the two, for voters, it's going to be interesting. Are they going to, like, split hairs or are they going it, to it, – it's it's probably, like, a conflict of interest. Like, do you pick Jordan Clarkson or do you pick Ingles? Because they're on the same team. So this is difficult for me to even uh, choose. But I'll go with Clarkson. Um, he's giving you about 17.9 off the bench. Uh, he obviously the the stepping in for Donovan Mitchell and sometimes Conley as well with their absence, but it's going to be interesting for the voters because it's gonna it has me wondering will it take effect from uh, votes from Jordan and also Ingles because he's having a career year from three point line. I mean it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy what we're seeing Ingles doing. Um, but now I I think they will lean towards towards Clarkson because of the consistency and the all around scoring. But uh, but like you said, man, Joe, Joe Ingles is definitely uh, making the case for him, and I, and I, I'm I'm gonna give some love to somebody that is not gonna win the award, but he's had a very phenomenal season, and he deserves some credit. Tyrese Halliburton, out yes, there he has. A lot of people haven't yes. watched Sacramento because you know Sacramento comes on late, and they're not a, a high, a high uh, you know high price, high marketed team for real. So, but Tyrese Halliburton has played very well. He's he's had a very consistent year before the injury at the at the end. But um, yeah, Ty, Tyrese is gonna be a, he's a special player. I, I like. I like what I'm seeing from that young guy. Definitely there. Uh, from your sixth man, you also need a guy that can rim protect and that can be a, a stingy guy defensively. The defensive player of the year. Uh, like Utah, uh, the Sixers have two teammates that are in that discussion. Reasons why they are 
number one in the Eastern Conference. Joel Embiid, two blocks a game. And also uh, a guy like Ben Simmons, right? He can guard all perimeter guys, and he can also bang down low with some forwards and centers. So he can switch one through five. So the Sixers, very impressive. Two guys that are in discussion. And also Rudy Gobert, um, nearly two blocks a game. Always been steady in that department. He's the two-time uh, defending champion, actually. So, Mike, who's your choice? Man, that's where it's tough because I, I'm, I'm really splitting hairs between Ben Simmons and Rudy Gobert. I, I, it's so hard to pick which one I would lean to, but I probably would pick this year. I probably would pick Ben Simmons because of the versatility, like you said. He's just been able to guard anybody, from guys and the guards on the perimeter, the forwards. I mean, even, even some bigs at times. I mean, this guy has been – Exceptional on the defensive end this year, uh, from a team perspective and an individual perspective, and um, you, he he can he can honestly make a case for himself being the best defender uh, in basketball this year. So I, I might I might lean towards Ben Simmons, but it's tough. I, I I I'm not mad at anybody that would pick Rudy Gobert in this situation. Yep, I would agree with you that with that as well. It's hard because Rudy Gobert he's the two time defending uh, defensive player of the year. No. This is really tough. This is really tough. I'm going to say Ben Simmons. I've been very critical of Ben Simmons. I haven't been really high on him. Um, I, I, I have my own opinion on that. But I have to stay consistent and say that the brothers really played well this season, especially on the defensive end. Being able to handle the guards in the Eastern Conference, like Kimball Walker, like Kyrie Irving, even at times James Harden at point guard duties. And it's sometimes Russell Westbrook being able to switch on that. And then the elite wings that we have in the Eastern Conference, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, guarding guys like Giannis and also Kevin. An outstanding job against those guys. So I'm going to say Ben Simmons as the defensive player of the year for the right reason. Yeah, it definitely does. And, you know, Ben Simmons, the only questions I've ever had is his jump shot. But, you know, defensively, he's always been a problem. He's always been a pest. He's always been somebody that was very steady. It's just hitting you. You're starting to see that confidence grow as he matures in this league. And uh, yeah, now, now to a point where you know it's 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 almost unbearable now. So I will go with Ben Simmons too. Another honorable mention, Giannis Antetokounmpo. All he did last year, Mike, was win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year last year. Only guy besides Olajuwon and Michael Jordan to do that. So he's still he's still that that dude on that end of the floor as well. Um, from the, from the defensive player of the year to a new award that we have this year, Mike, uh, offensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, highlighted by guys like Luka Doncic. The Dallas Mavericks they started off really slow, but boy, they picked up steam in the second half of the season. Luka was a huge reason why. Steph Curry, all he did this year, Mike, <laughs> break Wolves' uh, uh, points franchise points record over 339 threes that leads the NBA by a margin, by a large margin. And, of course, he's also won the scoring title. So Steph Curry is a nominee as well for this. And also Nikola Jokic, who is also a candidate for another award later on we'll talk about. So your offensive player of the year, Mike, who will that be? My offensive player of the year, I'm going to go with Steph Curry. Steph Curry offensively was uh, phenomenal this year. And really, really carried the load for this Warriors team without Klay Thompson and uh, uh, Draymond Green for some of for some of the season. Uh, his his numbers are phenomenal. I mean, offensively, all around. I mean, you can look at guys like Nikola Jokic and say what he did all around this year was phenomenal. Luka Doncic and guys like that. 
but Steph Curry offensively, what he how he carried the load scoring wise and also facilitating for others, that that was all world phenomenal this year. I'm gonna give it to Steph. I would agree with you with that as well. Um, honorable mentions: Bradley Bill and all who finished second in scoring, and also yeah. Russell Westbrook, who we all know now is the triple double king, yeah. passing. Oscar Robinson, those are honorable mentions there as well. Devin Booker, uh, outstanding efficient year for, for the uh, second-seeded Suns. But it's got to be Steph Curry by, by a landslide. I don't think this is close. Offensive year. The guy is a juggernaut, man. I, yeah. There isn't any defense for a guy that could hit 38, 33, 40-footers. Like, I mean, like if I'm, pick, if I'm playing pickup ball, I'm like, nah, that's a bad shot. I'm not going to guard you way out here. And then, no. But for him, he he's he's not human. <laughs> he's he's from an alien. So the guy's special. And then what's underrated about him, Mike, is if you run him off that three point line, he's just as good. And I think an underrated finisher around the basket. You can't foul him. He shoots nearly ninety two from the foul line. So the guy is just an incredible offensive weapon, unlike maybe the leads ever seen. So he 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 for sure is the offensive player of the year. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Bradley Bill, too, because he had the scoring title in the bag, it seemed like, for the majority of the year until Steph Curry just went crazy in, in that month of April and, and, and basically came and came and took it from him and stayed steady throughout the year. But, yeah, now Bradley Bill was definitely in conversation for his steadiness throughout this year, averaging almost 32 points a game. But uh, but, but Steph, Steph, with what he did and then how he, how he closed the year out, well-deserved, man. He deserves that one. Yeah, definitely for true. Just in March alone, he had seven 10-plus-3 makes a game, <laughs> seven of those. March, so he I had seven. Tri- he had ten triples in seven games in just the month of March. Uh, the guys is is just incredible. And then of course we have our final and final award, and that goes to the most valuable player in this year. There's five candidates for this, Mike. We'll start off with none other than the biggest one. Joel Embiid um, has the Sixers. Tops in the NBA right now, in uh, well, in the Eastern Conference, should I say, not in the NBA overall. Uh, here's the stat the Sixers are 39 and 12 with Embiid playing, they're 16 and 15 without him. So, that that just that's says right there, valuable, right? Second nominee, we have Chris Paul, the Phoenix Suns. They just carried that momentum, what they had from the bubble last year, and they carried it to the regular season that they had this year. There's a team that was outside looking in. Chris Paul comes in, instant and immediate impact. They're the second seed in a loaded Western Conference, right? No team has more road wins, Mike. No team has more road wins this season than the Phoenix Suns. That might be something that helps them in the postseason. Something to watch out. Chris Paul is a big reason why. Next guy that we have is Giannis. (laughs) It seems like we get bored every year. We say, "Uh, last year he had 30. Last year, oh, so this year he's just giving you about 28.7. 11.7 boards and then he's still around almost 1.5 blocks a game and so he's, he's just annoying to think about but Giannis is also a reason why the Bucks are the third seed in the Eastern Conference they're not the top seed like they were the first two seasons but Giannis says that he thinks his team is more geared up for the postseason this year so they've got the seventh best record rather than the top and then of course we have Nikola Jokic Nikola Jokic all he's doing, Mike, 26.5, 11 rebounds a game, and he's giving you about 8.5 assists a game. That would tie Wilt. Anytime you're in the same breath as Wilt, you're doing something good. Him and Wilt are the only centers to average almost 
8.5 assists in a season. Shaq didn't do it. Uh, David Robinson, Olajuwon, uh, what's his name, Bill Russell, Kevin McHale, all the great forwards and bigs never did it, but it's only Jokic and, 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 and Will Chamberlain. So those right there, Mike, are the candidates for MVP. Yeah, and, I, and my MVP for the 2020-2021 NBA season is the guy you mentioned at the end, Nikola Jokic. Uh, the guy, the brother, averaged 26, 11, and 8. Like you said, he played He played all 72 games this year. Didn't miss a game. And without Murray, they, they were 16 and 8 without Murray this year. And ever since his injury, he, they were 13 and 5. So he finished the season strong without Jamal Murray this year with the injury, and um, he was just steady, man. He was amazing. He was exceptional, to be honest with you. We had to reward you. I feel like you have to reward a big man having a season like this. You can't have a season like this go unrewarded. Nikola Jokic was special, phenomenal, and uh, he deserves the MVP this year in my book. Yep, definitely there for sure. Um, honorable mentions would be Steph Curry, too. I mean, come on now. The really was special uh, this year, what he did. Um, for for the Golden State Warriors, just to have them in position to be where they're at right now. We'll see what happens tonight in a big, big, big matchup. But yes, I think I made all these right uh, arguments last week in our in our last show. Nikola Jokic, the numbers stand out to me, and also he played all the games. Embiid had Embiid played all the games. I thought he was a front runner. Then he got injured. Injuries happen in sports. It's not his fault. But that's when Jokic started to gain ground. Jokic really started to gain ground, Mike, and then just pulled away, especially what he did in the final 18 games without Jamal Murray. They went 13-5. and five. So Denver, the three seed without Jamal Murray, I think that's special. And if Jamal played, they might have been a top two and maybe yes. challenge Utah. So Absolutely. that speaks a lot to me. So Nikola Jokic is definitely my MVP. Another honorable mention, Mike, James Harden. I also think if he didn't get hurt, he would have been in this discussion as well and might have been in that last three pool between Embiid, Jokic, and him because he he was a special, special net this year. Arguably the best player for the Brooklyn Nets this season. No, no, yeah, absolutely. He was he was the front runner. He was the, the leading candidate for MVP at the time before he had, he had eventually gotten hurt. So, yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree on the production from James Harden this season. So, yeah, no, nah, but... Nikola Jokic, just his steadiness throughout the entire year and also playing all 72 games, that can't be ignored in, in, a, in a season like this with all the back-to-backs and, the, you know, the, the Congress season through three games or four nights and stuff like that. So that that's something to take account for as well. Yep, definitely there for sure. Um, those are our NBA awards. Let us know what you think um, and where we went right and where we went wrong on these picks. But when we come back, We'll go ahead and have Joy Angela come on our show to talk about what happened with the Washington Wizards last night. <laughs> and then, of course, the play-in tournament and the playoffs. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Do not go anywhere. back here on our second segment 
on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Our next guest, Joy D'Angela, is with us here today from uh, Unrestricted. Yeah. Joy, <laughs> what's up? What's up? Yeah, um, I have an a, a interview series called Unrestricted. I have a podcast called The Checkup with BDOT and the Kid Gowie. And I also, you know, I have other stuff I do. Like, um, I'm part of the Boots Report squad, and I work for the NBA on different stuff. And yeah, so, but yeah, you know, just I'm, 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 I'm here and there, I guess. <laughs> I see. I see. You got your little crunch time, your little grills, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever crunch got, time is well. Hot yeah. takes. No doubt. Anyway, pleasure to have you on with us um, here on the show with us. Uh, so w- let's get right into it. Um, you're a huge advocate for Goat Brook, Goat Brook, and it's been a major topic. So, I, I got to hear it from you. What happened last night? Um, what, what, what can you can you share with us? What happened last night, in your opinion? Why were the the Wizards just they fell flat in that second half? Um, I believe it was uh pretty much on Russ. I feel like Russ he wasn't focused. I felt like that was one of the few times. That I saw Russ play with um with less passion than what he normally plays with. One thing about Russ, you know, he, he normally plays with people always brag on him. You know, whether they like it or whether whether they like him or not, they always say that you he doesn't cheat the game. But I feel like last night he cheated the game. I feel like he wasn't himself. I feel like he wasn't focused. He didn't play with passion. I was, other than that put back dunk he had, I didn't see much passion throughout the game. I didn't see much drive. And I think the the um the team fed off of that. I think because of him, the team wasn't focused. The team wasn't playing with passion and drive and hunger, um because that's what he brings to the Wizards. So I feel like um because of that, it rubbed off on everybody else, and they end up losing. Um so I I do I do think that that loss is on him, and I think it was on coaching as well. Interesting. We know Russ is the undisputed leader on the team. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, definitely. Joy, Joy, nice to meet you, Mike. Mike here. Nice to meet um, you, Mike. Uh, talk, talk, talk to me about that game because yesterday, obviously, it was a terrible loss. Obviously, it was a it was a blowout loss to the Celtics. Jason Tatum got off, but be, because knowing what you know about Westbrook and, and and the makeup of him and the culture of his team and how they fought back this second half of the season, how much of this blowout will be a good thing leading into this game tomorrow against the Pacers, knowing that they're not going to repeat this same effort? I think that this is going to be a wake-up call for Russ. I think that he's been slandered, you know, for playoffs, for the, for his playoff career in general, even though, in my opinion, I think he's had a successful one because a lot of players haven't got to where he's gotten. As far as the playoff goes, a lot of players have, like, Derrick Rose, players like that. They've never gotten to the finals in, in, in things like that so I think that you know he does have success but the narrative is the narrative is that he doesn't he always he's always slandered for the playoffs so I think with the Wizards this is a new beginning for him I think that he knows that he cannot play like, play like that um last um, like he did last night because it's not going to fly I think we've seen what the Pacers can do against the Hornets people people pick the Pacers to win um, I mean, yeah, the, the Hornets to win against the Pacers, and that didn't happen. The Hornets came out similar to the Wizards. They came out unfocused. They weren't, you know, they they weren't focused. They they weren't, you know, taking good shots. They weren't playing defense, and because of that, they got blown out. Similar to the Wizards. <laughs> Same thing with the Wizards. They both picked the Wizards and the Hornets, and um, I think now people are seeing how serious 
to take the play in because I, I think a lot of people weren't taking it seriously and people are they're, they're playing play, playoff basketball. The Pacers were, you know, um, they were the underdog. They, they had no carries or Miles Turner and they still came out and dog walked the Hornets. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I think um, this is a huge wake up call, you know, to take th- these games seriously and to know that if they can win one, they can win two, you know, and just take it from there. But it's gonna start with it's gonna start in with Russ and Bradley Bill and obviously Scott Brooks as well. So um I think it was a huge wake up call and I think they'll be ready to go um come Thursday. So yeah. On the other side, <laughs> Mr. Jason Tatum put on a show. Uh, I, I think he Boston heard all the noise about, you know, this was a bad season, dealing with injuries, COVID, uh, Brad Stevens getting a lot of questions about is he able to motivate players he can coach, but is he able to motivate? Is he the real guy in Boston? Uh, Jalen Brown out for the year with an injury. And then you saw Tatum, kind of like what you said with Russ, brought that passion, brought playoff mode Tatum with him, and then he got some help with Kemba Walker. Do you think that was the difference yesterday? What was the question? I'm sorry. Do you think that was the difference on the game, on the outcome yesterday? Yeah, of course. Um, I think um, Kemba Walker – we I actually went on a podcast and I heard someone say that he was the X factor, um, that he was he was going to be the X factor, and I think he was to a certain extent. I think that Jason Tatum, um, he he was the main factor for that win. But I feel like if Kimball Walker wouldn't have followed suit, I don't know if the rest of the team would have followed suit. So um, I think that because Jason Tatum's a bucket. Regardless, you know he can be a bucket. We've seen we've seen Brad be a bucket and um, it not resonate with the Wizards. But when Russ came, it resonated. Mm-hmm. So um, because of his leadership, so I think that the co- the combination of Kimba and Jason Tatum um, made the whole difference. Because I think I've seen players go out and get forty points and lose because their team their team didn't resonate. But I think the fact that Kimba Walker and Jason Tatum put that energy out there, um, they it, it made a, a huge difference, and they got the win for it. Yeah, yeah, it definitely did. It definitely did. Talk, talk to me about your, your, your where, where did you um what what fascinated you about Russell Westbrook and from the start? How did you become a this huge Russell Westbrook fan <laughs> from the beginning? Um, Russell Westbrook, he, I'm trying to, I I don't know where to start because. The thing is, I got on to Russ later on, like in my teenage years. I'm 22, so um, I got hip. I got hip, super duper hip to Russ. Um, maybe like around 18. So he was already in the league. He had already been to the finals. I already knew he was, and I, I was already hip to him. But I didn't become an actual fan fan of him until after KD left, and I saw his resilience. And that's it. It's it's like a the way he is as a person and as a player, not even just the triple doubles, it's like like who he is. Like he he's just a a dog. Like I I love watching him play. I love his drive. I love the the fact that you know can't nobody tell him nothing, um, and can't nobody bring him down. Regardless, like the whole world could 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 you know tear him apart, and he don't care. And I like that about him because it it inspires me to be. Um, that way to a certain extent, you know, be resilient and be passionate about what I do and bring the fire in, and everything else. And so um, that was, that's, that's what drew me to him. But, you know, um, once I saw how much hate he got, but when I became a fan, I realized how much hate he got. 
And that's when everything kind of like pushed everything over because I was like, he does not deserve all of this hate. Like, I would understand if this dude was, you know, bashing everybody or bashing the media or bashing players and he was a selfish and bad teammate. But he's a great teammate. He's a great leader. He's a great dad. You know, he's a great basketball player. He's unselfish. Every single player that he's played with loves, you know, love love playing with him. So I would understand, you know, if um if that was the case, but it's not. So that alone made me want to be a bigger fan and, 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 and support him even further because of how much hate he gets. So the combination of the person he is, um, how, how heady he is, and then just flat out how talented he is, how um, it's crazy because I was watching um, some film of Oscar Robinson the other day and, mm-hmm. you know, um, just comparing him and Russ. And the way Russ gets triple doubles compared to Oscar Robinson, and this is no disrespect, but it's not even close. Like, Russ's level of IQ, his playmaking ability, all of that, it, it doesn't compare. And then how exciting it is to watch him. Like, watching Russ get a triple double and watching Oscar is, is like, it's like <laughs> different things. <laughs> It's two different things. So, it's, I don't know. It's, different eras, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the eye. It's yeah. the era. I, yeah. I think that people don't appreciate and they don't really know what we're, what we're watching. And I don't want to be one of those people that um, that appreciate him when he's gone. I w- I rather do it now because I want to say that I, I loved him when he was still here versus when he retired, when everybody did. So, sure. that's pretty much how I look at it. That's a great, great story. Great thought. Great thoughts there. Um, outside of being a Goat Brook fan, like you said, <laughs> I know you're a student and a fan of the game. Uh, most notably, you're Miami Heat. You're you are a Heat fan. Um, I remember early on this year, you mentioned that if the way that Giannis would stay in Milwaukee is if Drew Holiday came, and it actually it actually happened, and Drew Holiday became a member of him. So now Miami faces Milwaukee again rematch of last year's playoff series this time around initial thoughts on this preview how do you think this time it's gonna go i think it's gonna go much uh much further than game five uh last year the bucks almost got swept um and this time i think it's gonna be a completely different story because i can see how angry Giannis is when he plays miami and i can see i feel like every time he plays miami he he has like a like a like a freaking backlash of like a demon yeah well yeah home second round so um i think it's gonna be a dog fight i think it it could go six or seven but to say who's gonna win it it's 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 tough because last year i called miami going to the finals back uh in i think what 2019 i call that back in december i I called Miami going to the finals but this year it's people ask me for prediction i'm like what (laughs) <laughs> this season is, is crazy. Like, you, you just don't know who's going to go. Like, even out the West and out the East, like, you just don't know. I'm not even too confident on Brooklyn yet. I don't know about Brooklyn because if one guy goes down, then, you know, I don't know. Yeah, they, they've got questions, too, in-house, like Kyrie, like, is, is, is his focus in basketball or, like, trying to be a, a Nobel Peace Prize winner? Like, you don't know where his head is, exactly, too. So. Exactly, exactly. Right. Um, so, but one thing I will say is I think a lot of people are sleep on the additions that Miami has made. 
Like mm-hmm. people aren't looking at Milwaukee. Oh, okay, they got Drew Holiday. You know, I, you know, I, I, I saw that coming because they wanted Chris Paul. They couldn't get him, so they, so they went for uh, for Drew Holiday. So I saw that coming. But Dwayne Dedman, Trevor Reza, players like that are slept on, and people are sleeping on the fact that Miami got them. They're not taking it seriously, and Trevor Reza has been amazing for them since he's been mm-hmm. there. So um, I'm excited to see, you know how that affects Milwaukee because Milwaukee got better defensively, but so did Miami. Last year, Miami, their starting five, um, for example, like Duncan Robinson, Duncan Robinson has gotten better defensively, and he's actually extended his offensive game as well. Um, Tyler Hero, he like the same. I ain't going to lie. He, he, he's always been a defensive liability. <laughs> but Jimmy Butler, like Jimmy Butler, you know, you know how he is. Bam out of bio. It's funny because the the NBA fans love calling him Ed Rice, and but like his defense has gotten better. He was in the running for Defensive Player of the Year this year, so obviously that's that speaks for itself. Um, and then you know Kendrick Nunn is back. Uh, he's playing well. Goran Dragic, you know he's doing his thing. But Dwayne Detman and Trevor Ariza were really huge defensive um, additions because that's something that Miami lacked last year. As good as they were, Tyler Hero. Players like that were defensive liabilities, and getting Dwayne Dedman and, and getting you know um, Trevor Ariza that was huge for Miami. So I don't think you know I don't think you can have Milwaukee, but I don't think you can have Miami either. But if I had to pick on who's winning the series, I'm picking Miami because I still believe that Milwaukee will get out coached. I still believe I, uh, that. that's huge. Um, yeah, yeah. I, and and to be honest with you. It's a good matchup for Miami because it'd be different if um, Miami didn't have the defensive firepower to handle someone like Drew Holiday, but they do. So yeah. it's different if they had someone like Bradley Bill or somebody like Russ who isn't as good guarding a Drew Holiday, but you have someone like Jimmy or players like that who can guard players like that. And so I think that's a good thing for them, and I think they'll be fine. See, to, yeah. to, for for me, for me, I feel like they're gonna be so pissed off, Joy, that I feel like th- this this time around, I feel like it's gonna be it could potentially be the opposite for Milwaukee, uh-huh. you know, that it was last year. You know, that be, I feel like because of how they've gone out the last two years, they're motivated than ever. Um, they 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 made most of the teams in the league. Like I feel like that that's an advantage that they have, um, amongst most of the teams in the East. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Milwaukee beat Miami. Like I'm not gonna yeah. lie, because when you when you're angry like that, and <laughs> how they went out, Giannis. Here's the thing: last year, Milwaukee nobody took Miami seriously, right. even though Miami beat Milwaukee and dog walked them the entire regular season. So I don't know why they didn't even take them seriously, but they didn't, and because they didn't. Miami dog walked them like yeah. they 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 left no crumbs and it, they could have been swept honestly honestly right really <laughs> if Middleton didn't go off game four they would have got swept. right yep. Yep. right and so um but this year everyone is aware of of what Miami can do and they, they and they oh. they're aware of who to go after the Tyler Heroes the Bams the Jimmies even Goran Dragic players like that um. So I would not be surprised, Duncan Robinson. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Milwaukee beats Miami simply because we all know what Miami is now, and you know, and by now people should know what their strengths and weaknesses are, and they're beatable. And I think you know 
we saw that in the Lakers uh, in the final series. So I think that Milwaukee plays hard enough and plays smart. They can beat Miami, but I'm hoping it all happen because I'm a hero yeah. at the end of the day. <laughs> two, two things stand out to me in this series. Two things that stand out. So number one, Giannis may be the best player on the floor, but Jimmy is probably the best leader on the floor in this right. series. And in the last two minutes of the ball game, I'd want the ball in his hands rather than Giannis. But that's why they brought in Drew Holiday this season. So we'll see how that works. Right. Um, so that's one thing. So my thing is, is that Jimmy has proven he can take lead a team to a championship. Giannis is still trying to get over that hurdle. And we'll see if he can do that this year. But the other thing that stands out to me is two X factors. I think if Milwaukee wins, kind of like what you mentioned with Ariza and Deadman, now they brought in guys like P.J. Tucker. They brought in guys like more depth and more defensive-minded guys that can switch. I think that was their problem last year, too, uh-huh. not being able to switch. So I think P.J. Tucker is a huge, huge addition, and he's perfect in this series because Miami matches up well with, with Milwaukee, so they needed somebody like that not to get bullied. And then for Miami, um, whenever Goran Dragic goes off, apparently Miami plays well. And so mm. the Goran we saw in the bubble last year, making that stride all the way to the finals. If he plays like that, Miami's going to be hard to beat for anybody in the East. I agree. And also, um, Kendrick Nunn was hurt. He had COVID at the beginning of uh, the postseason last year, and then he was injured throughout the bubble. He was injured um, pretty much into the finals. And then when he got to the finals, he was playing, but, you know, he was still rusty coming into it. So now Kendrick is playing, back to playing well. You know, he was running to be the rookie of the year last uh you know in the, i think what yet yeah, last year um mm-hmm. and so um yeah i think even having help from kendrick is going to be good he'll say pj tucker uh, he I, <laughs> I don't know i don't know what pj we're gonna get because right. i'm not gonna lie he's been big trash this year Right. I'm not even gonna lie. Like he's, he's, been, he's been getting cooked a little bit. Exposed. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah. Been terrible. So, but you know, playoffs are always a different story, and I think that you know he actually has a shot to make the finals with Milwaukee. So we'll see. You know how he plays, but yeah. Hmm. yeah. Um, another matchup out west. Um, you got the Clippers. Um, so from Clip City to Choke City, they're trying to make amends of what happened last year. So uh, they're taking off another fantastic matchup. They're going up against the Mavs, who gave them a run for their money. So this series is is interesting to me because I think last year the Clippers, they took Dallas as a joke, and then they went to six games, and they were like, "Uh uh-oh, okay, we need to close out this game. It's taking too long. So this time around, they have Rondo. They have more veterans. They said that we're choosing to rest our players just so we could make a deeper postseason run. So what's what, how do you see this matchup and what's interesting about the Clippers? So you're talking about the Clippers and the Mavericks? Right. Um, I think that the Clippers are another team that could potentially play relentless come the playoff time. Um, but I think it all depends on what PG we get. I'm not right. too worried about Kawhi. We've seen Kawhi make it to the finals. He's, we know what Kawhi can do. But right. PG has only made it so far. And, you know, he has, you know, he has a stigma on him, rightfully so, for what he does in the playoffs. So right. I think that, um, and I think it's kind of corny how he carries it. Like, the thing with me is you don't have to talk about how hard you're going to work. 
and you don't gotta talk about mm. how hard you're gonna play and how hard and 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 how people should be scared of you and how you're gonna come everybody. Just do it, cause Kobe don't Kobe Kobe didn't have to do all of that. He just did it, right? And and that was that. And all the greats are that way. You know, LeBron James, he's you know he's social media oriented, so he makes his post, but he always backs it up. And Paul George, he in a way like he. He'll say one thing and then, you know, you get pandemic P again. So my thing is, I think it all depends on Paul George. I think the Rondo edition for them is going to help them tremendously in every single series they play in. Um, so um, I think, and, and I, I think that, um, that coaching wise, uh, he's done well for the, um, for the Clippers. I think he surprised a lot of people. So I think the I think um, I I see that series going to like maybe game five or game six. I don't see. Um, I I think the Clippers are going to try to get as much rest as possible because I heard they've been dodging the Lakers, <laughs> <laughs> and I know they want as much rest as possible. So, um, yeah, I think I I really think they're gonna. I'm hoping they make it to the Western Conference because they've been they've honestly have robbed us last year of a, a good Western Conference Finals matchup. So, uh, yeah, I think that they make it to the Western Conference. I think they can. They, I think if they're focused, even because I think what Porzingis is hurt, right? Uh, he's, he's, he's banged up, but he's gonna. Yeah, play. he's yeah. so. I think even with that, like I, I think it can go five or five or six. But I'm hoping it can go five. But it, I think it goes six, no more than six. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely see that. Well, Joy, what's, what was your thoughts on the play-in tournament? Do you think that's something that's, that that we should have in the NBA for the for the future uh, head on, or is that something that you know you're not really feeling for? Well, I was feeling it until Russell Westbrook got to play the ninth seed. I was feeling it, <laughs> <laughs> but um, in general speaking, I like the play-in tournament. Um, I think uh, given the last two, the last two seasons, this season and last season, um. It, it's been tricky. Like, you've had COVID. You've had, you know, the season in early last year. You've had injuries, back-to-back injuries, protocols, players being out for a, a long time. So, I feel like uh, the playing tournament is deserving because it, it's, it's too much that – I feel like a lot of teams would have been higher had all of these things, like the 72-game the schedule. You know, not getting as much rest. So, yeah, we're injuries and then the protocols and stuff like that. So, it hasn't been fair on anybody. And I think that because of the, the shortened season, you know, you have players like LeBron and players like all these different players getting hurt and stuff like that. And I think the, the play-in tournament is a way for the NBA to compensate on that. Mm. And so, um, and, and also, if you look at the, the Eastern Conference standings, Literally, like seven, eight, nine have like the same record, you know, and I don't think that's fair. So I think the playing tournament is fair in that perspective. But you know, it would be different if you know the eighth seed is um uh like thirty five and, and and twelve or whatever thirty five and twenty three, and then the ninth seed is like twelve and sixty. That you know that's different because that's a huge jump. That's not fair. Right. Um, but. That's not the case this year or last year. So I think that the playing tournament fits in. But we'll see if they keep it or not. I'm not sure they're gonna keep it, but I don't think it's I don't think there's anything wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with it this year. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um playing tournament tonight. Act five, we've got Braun and Curry 
back at it again. Uh, it's going to be must-watch TV. How, how you see this? How you see this coming out? Because I, I think we in for a treat tonight. I think it's going to be a bloodbath, honestly. Really? I I I don't think there's going to be much competition. I mean, obviously, you know, Stephen Stephen Curry's an amazing player, but you know, the good thing about the Lakers is they have somebody in every position, like. Um, you know, their GM did his thing when, you know, he, he created the team. Like, they have a lot of depth in every position. Um, and LeBron, James, and AD don't even have to be – I don't – they don't have to – they don't even have to be, like, 85% for this series. Now, for the Suns, yes, they, they need to be, like, 90%. But right now, I, I, I see the, the, the Warriors getting dog-walked. Mm. Interesting. It is one. It is one game. Steph can go hot. You don't see Steph. Going it crazy it is one game. I think, he, I think he can go crazy, but I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna lie. He can he score a hundred points? <laughs> the others, the <laughs> others is what you're worried about. But I, 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 unlike what the Lakers did last year with Dame, I think they're gonna just do a high trap and then give the ball to Draymond and they play four on three. They're not gonna permit Steph to just have fun out there and start dancing, hitting 30 footers, 40 footers. I think they're gonna take the ball out of his hands defensively. Yeah. I think that's that's probably gonna see. Um give me one matchup in the West and one matchup in the East. Give me a team that is an upset alert that you think in the first round. Um okay. I might get some slack for this, but I'm just gonna <laughs> say it anyways. So a lot of people feel like the Suns are not a playoff team, but I think that's crazy to say because Chris Paul is a playoff guy, and right. they're led by Chris Paul. Secondly, right. we've never seen this team in the playoffs before, so how right. do we even know that they're they're not a playoff team? That makes that's no sense to me. Very well true. Um, so I think the Suns could upset the Lakers. I really okay. do. I think they have a chance. Um. I think that they have an amazing score in Devin Booker, I, and I we all we all know what Chris Paul can do, um, how he can get everybody involved on the team. I think that they have a, a big chance at upsetting the Lakers, um, especially with LeBron and AD down one hundred percent. I think that's a crazy matchup for them the first round, and I think if I if I'm them, I'm scared. Right. Um, that's out yes. If you want to get the Lakers, you got to get them early before they start exactly. rolling. So that's not bad. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, you're not far fetched. I mean, uh, Phoenix has home court. They're the best road team in the NBA. I, yeah. They've got some good stuff going for them. They play defense, so yeah, I could see that happening. And a, a team in the East that you think is on upset alert? Um, a team in the East that is on upset. Alert. Can you can you give me the um the the first round matchup? Yes, we've got Atlanta versus the the Knicks. Um, we've got Boston now in Brooklyn. We've got Miami and Milwaukee, and then we're assuming it's going to be the Wizards versus the Sixers, but we don't know yet. Okay, I think that, and this is no bias, of course. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it. You seen this coming? <laughs> I think that if Russ is healthy, because a lot of a lot of his fans on Twitter think that he's injured every time he has a bad game, they think he's injured right now. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll see what happens. But I think if he's healthy and Bradley Bill is at least eighty percent, I think they have a huge chance at upsetting the seventy sixers. 
Mm. Mm. I agree. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. My name is Blazer. Not to cut you off, but I want people to think about how close these games against the 76ers have been. Mm-hmm. been very close. They've been very, very close games. So, yeah. you know, with Russ playing his best basketball, and let's yeah. just subtract these past two games where he played like complete trash. But in general, he's been playing amazing, and you know, mm-hmm. they've been playing. And Robin Lopez, oh my god, yes, yes, yeah. very well. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah well. I, I think they have a chance, I really do. But uh, I, you can go ahead, I'm sorry about that. No, no, you're good. I think unlike Joel Embiid, unlike uh, Joel Embiid, I think in a seven-game series, Russ can impact a series because he could do a lot of the pass. He could defend. He could, you know what I'm saying, score. He could assist or distribute. So I, I think that um, that's also a good one. Mine is Portland over Denver. I'm huge on Denver. I'm probably like the one black guy that loves Jokic. Like, everybody I talk to don't like this man, but I think yeah, he's incredible. They don't, he don't get the love he deserves. I'm like, the man is a problem. Man. Oh, man. Yo. But I think without Jamal Murray, I think Dame and CJ can get off. Last time these two teams played two years ago, they went to game seven at Denver, and CJ McCollum closed them out by himself. So I think Denver is in trouble because I think that's a team that can get upset by by the, the Blazers. So that, that's that's thing I'm looking at. Especially that Jamal. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You, you, you didn't look at that um... – at the, uh, the when we we look at the wizard because you because Joy you you're talking to a diehard Wizards fan over here. Oh wow! Yeah, he's wizard. a diehard Wizards. Yeah, he's a so, DC so, guy. So, so when you said Wizards over Philly, you know I was over here jumping for Joy. <laughs> it's awesome. it all good, no pun intended. But uh, it was um when when you when you look at uh some of some of these crazy matchups that we have, like obviously you have the Celtics Nets and stuff like that. Your prediction to win tonight would be the Wizards over the Pacers, correct? Yeah, um, I think the Wizards. Because I, if I'm not mistaken, the the A seed only has to win once, correct? Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think they got it, especially after the game they just had. Russ ain't going out like that. He not yeah. having back to back. The that. only way Russ has back to back bad games is if he injured. If he ain't injured, he trust me, he's gonna go off. Trust me. I'm dead. Joyce <laughs> says. Joyce says Russ ain't going out like no sucker. I'm dead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is our favorite uh, part of the show. Um, we do this with all of our guests. Um, we play a game just to get into like the interpersonal uh, side of um, them outside of just like sports and basketball and stuff like that. So it's a pretty easy game. It's a scenario like game. We're going to ask you overrated or underrated or we're going to ask you this or that. So, Mike, I'm going to let you go ahead and take it away. All right, Joy, I'm going to start off with this one. This or that? Do you like the the hot, the summer, the hot weather or are you like the, the winter or the cold weather? I love hot weather. I'm from Texas. I hate cold weather. I hate it. Oh, from Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, this is probably out of the ordinary, but you're big in fashion, and I see that. So I know you got like a little model label that you're kind of affiliated with. What got you into that? Just, just curious. Modeling. Yes. Well, pretty much it was a bit. It was super random. I never thought that I'd be modeling a day in my life. Because I was like, I was such a tomboy growing up, and I got girlier as time went on, but I still wasn't thinking about modeling. So what happened was, I think I was like around maybe three thousand followers. This photographer reached out to me from Dallas, and um, he was just, you know, his name was Ahmad, and he was, you know, he was just like, oh, you should do a shoot for your for your um uh, for your Instagram for like like a look for like for your profile picture. And so I did like a quick one, like a Kobe jersey, got a basketball, did it. It it, it turned out well. 
and I and I kind of fell in love with creating pictures and creating ideas through pictures and, and just you know modeling and doing it that way and so that's when I got deeper into modeling I fell in love with it I've done like Colin Kaepernick shoots I've done more Kobe shoots I've worked with snakes um mm. I've done stuff for DTLR I did a shoe campaign for them I've been and I'm actually working on um a cover for a magazine uh for September so um Ooh. yeah like I'm I'm, I'm I've gotten deeper into it <laughs> Got you. Oh, Whenever you make it, don't forget about it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Nipsey one. I thought that was a nice. Oh, thank joke. you. That's my favorite shoot. Yeah, so I'm a Nipsey fan, so that's that's uh, that's my fan. I know you're cultured as well. Um, what what type of music are you listening to nowadays? What's your what's your style? Well, right now I'm listening to J Cole. <laughs> J Cole's new album is right. fire. Super duper. I like him. I like Lil Baby because I'm you know, I'm 22, so I, I'm I'm pretty in tune with like the newer rappers. I'm not a fan of newer rappers though. Like Lil Baby is one of the people that I'm the few people that I like. I'm I really my favorite rapper is Tupac though. I love Tupac. Yeah. He's my favorite. Yeah. Um but I like Tupac. I like Nipsey obviously um I'm 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 into R and B so you know I like Alicia Keys, um people like that. Yeah that's 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 my favorite. Yeah like vintage Alicia Keys. I love Lauren Hill. She's like my, my favorite female rapper. Um, mm. I like her. Uh, who else? Oh man! Yeah. Yeah, so my she culture, culture. Yeah, big time, big time. And I like, I, I even like, um, you know, like, like David Ruffin. I like the Temptations. I like, um, oh, okay. yeah. I'm like, I'm, I have older parents, and so I didn't miss. I really, there's not an era where I, I don't listen to music. Um, I like Kirk Franklin. <laughs> I like it, Franklin, too. I, I listen to everything. Everybody needs the Holy Spirit, too. You got yep. to have some Kirk Franklin. <laughs> no doubt. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go overrated or underrated. Did you hear the new? Um, well, it wasn't a new album, but the new uh, the six songs that the few songs that Nicki Minaj dropped. Yes, I did hear. Um, I heard fractions. I heard seeing green, and yeah. I think there was another one that I heard. But yeah, I heard them. My my, yeah, see, my manager actually. Um, uh, manages a guy that helps her write fractions, so that was dope. Oh, no, so oh, see, cool. seeing seeing green that, that that collab with Drake and Lil Rain was it overrated or underrated? Um, I think it was overrated. I think that verses could have been better. I like Nicki's really, verses, but I think that verses could have been better. Really, yeah, oh wow, okay, yeah, interesting. I, I, I like Nicki, <laughs> I love Nicki and I are the same signs, so you know, I got I I thought... bias, but I thought it was a good project. Crocodile yeah, is my favorite one in the in the track. So yeah, it was oh, yeah. cool. I think for me, like she gave like a mixtape vibe. I'm not a I'm not like a big fan of. of I like the mixtape, but I, I'm a heavy. I listen to Nicki heavy, like mm. heavy heavy. And so, um, I guess for me, sometimes I like start comparing their her all of her. Drake and, and Wayne features, and I'm like, yeah, this was this was cool. It wasn't the best because I've heard better from all three of them, but it was up there. I, I liked it. I think that, you know, I think it was. I think it was. I liked her verse the most. I guess I mm, think Drake okay. and Wayne's could have been better, considering that it was like a comeback record. Mm, okay. I thought all three of them ate. They me personally, yeah, I thought that they ate the track. Uh, overrated or underrated? Um, Halle Bailey. All I see her on Instagram mm. just doing her thing. What's, what's your take on her? 
So you're not talking about Chloe, babe. You're talking about Holly, her other sister. Yeah, it's ho- Holly. Yes, that's what I meant. Holly, yeah. So the Holly, the slim one. The, yeah. the, the the younger one or the one that's like out uh, that's you know most nah not the one that's outside with it on Instagram. Okay, the other one. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Underrated for underrated. sure. He's underrated. Yeah, I think Holly. Um, I think she's soup. I think she's gorgeous. I don't think. I, and obviously, you know, um, she's slimmer. Um, she's not. You know, her look isn't as you know popular as Chloe's is. So she's not gonna get a, um the same love. But I think she's gorgeous, and I think that she's super talented. I've actually been listening to Chloe and Holly since they were, like, kids. And mm. so um, I watched them, like, grow, and I know how talented both of them are. And I do – I hope I'm hoping that Holly starts to get the same love that Chloe's getting without having to do all the extra. Right. That's what's up. Well, uh, this was great. That wraps it up um, for, for our segment with you. It's been delightful to have you on. Uh, we definitely got to connect with you and have you on with us again, for sure. Folks, if you guys want to connect with Joy D'Angela, the description box below to her info will be there and all of her social medias. Joy, it's been a pleasure. Got to have you on. I also, we got we to gotta do this again. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just let me know. Like I said, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, balance everything because the playoffs are a hectic time. I'm pretty sure it's hectic for y'all, too, with everything right. going on. So, no. yeah, we can, we can definitely do this again. Definitely, yeah. that's for sure. Pleasure having you on, for sure. Pleasure having you, Joyce. It was nice meeting you. Keep keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I love what you're doing. Me. I appreciate it. Don't ever stop. You can accept failure, but don't ever stop, all right? Don't quit. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Westbrook and Wizards all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Big uh, well, we'll come back. We'll wrap things up. <laughs> And we are back here inside Studio Z, our third and final segment here today. Mike, something interesting that just popped up, uh, your, your Washington Nationals, Mr. Max Scherzer returning back to vintage Max Scherzer. I think that's a bright thing for you guys talking DC sports with my man, Mike. Yeah, man. I love I love, I love, love what I'm saying from the brother. The Nationals, we started off the season slow. So we, we haven't been doing well. We, we seem like we have a trend of starting off the season. I was going to say that. It's, 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 it's in that DNA. We have, we, have, we have a knack for it, you know, so yeah. at this point. So um, I'm not expecting it's a long season. But, yeah, I love what I'm saying for Max. He's been the lone piece. Our pitching has been horrendous to start the season. It hasn't been great. But Max Serza has definitely come on come on great as of late. So we'll see if, if, if he can uh, ignite the rest of the team. But, um, you know, it's just it's great seeing him uh, – him step up, especially especially when everybody else was struggling. Yep, absolutely there for sure. It's not how you start, Mike. They always say it's that's how you finish yeah. is the key thing uh, there for sure. A lot of other things that's uh, really been going on there as well. Um, you, you know, I wanted to actually talk to you about your capitals, man. What's up with, what's up with your capitals? Not being able to uh, close the deal in game two, man. Yeah. What, what happened? What happened? Yeah. NHL yeah. playoffs. It's getting overlooked because of the NBA playoffs. We understand oh, yeah. how the ratings work, but it, it, it's it's still there. Yeah, yeah, it, def- it definitely is. It was unfortunate that it, to not close that game out in game in game two. It was so many opportunities that was there, Seb. You know, Anderson had a tough game, but he gave up some goals that were that were un- that were unforced that were uh, unlike him 
on, on a nightly basis. And, uh, you know, Bergeron hit that big goal in the first first half. They went in the first quarter. They went up two. Then, you know, Hall hit that huge, huge goal in the third intermission in order to get, to tie the game up and push, force it in overtime. And then 39 seconds, seven. 39 seconds in the overtime, we give up a goal. It was just tough. You could tell Boston wanted that win. Uh, I wanted I, I, I wanted to go into Boston 2-0 because I know how hostile that environment gets, and I know how well Boston plays at home. So it would have been even more vital and crucial to get that win. But Washington is a resilient team. Ovechkin and those girls, guys, I know they're going to be physical and ready to play. And uh, we're, we're battle-tested. We'll, we'll be ready for the moment. But, uh, yeah, you're right, man. Game two, it was right there in the bag for us. And with two minutes left, we gave up that goal, and it just it frustrated us. And we lost 30 seconds, 39 seconds in the overtime. But uh, you got to move on. Game three is coming up, and uh, it should, this is a big game, pivotal game for us. We could take this game. We, we have a great chance of closing the series out. Yep, definitely, definitely, definitely for sure. A lot of great things as well in the NHL going on. The Tampa Bay Lightning, the undefeated champs, they started off on the road to, defend, to defending their title this season. They're already up 2-0. <laughs> so now up to well going back home with two games. I think they've wrapped that series up against the Panthers. We'll keep our eye on the NHL playoffs as it continues. Mike, this is your time. Take it away. Yeah, no doubt. Did my closing arguments today? Sebi, I know you're probably saying that. I know the, the sports world has probably paid attention to it the past about five or six days. The, uh, it's Stephen A's voice, Sebi. Kwame Brown. <laughs> He's spoken up, Sebi. Hey, Se- Sebi, I ain't gonna lie to you, Sebi. Sebi, hey, hey, Mike, he, man. he felt he's tired of being disrespected. <laughs> hey, hey, Sebi, it's been years. He's been doing all this, and Sebi, he hasn't said a word out of this whole time. He's been quiet. All the Stephen A. jokes that have been made, all the jokes that all the commentators have been made in the past. You, you heard the shots that were made. From Genie, from not really Genie Bus, but from Stack Five, Matt Barnes, and those guys on the podcast and things like that, Gilbert Arenas and stuff like that. At some point, you got to know your audience. You got to know you got to know when and and how many times you can keep poking the bear before he finally wakes up and says something. And it got to a point where Kwame Brown said, "You know what? I'm at a point in my life where I'm I'm just confident with me." And he's 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 letting everybody have it. All the energy that y'all gave him over the years, he's coming right back at it. So I'm 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 sitting in the curtains. Enjoying this dialogue between them two, I'm, I'm hearing Kwame say what he says. He's making a lot of sense and making a lot of great points. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just sitting back and enjoying the dialogue. But for anybody that, uh, that 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 has been paying attention to the situation that knows it thoroughly, know your audience and understand that if you keep on poking the bear, he may have been quiet during that time, but at some point you keep on going, he will, he will eventually speak his mind and speak his truth. And that's what we're getting from Kwame Brown right now. So, hey, it's it's interesting dialogue, and I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. Yep, yep. Same here too, Mike. I, you know, I think they should do on that uh, Logan Paul, or, or is it Jason <laughs> Paul on that uh, 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 Mayweather card? That get night, him on the card. I think to get him on the card. Let's get him on the card. Let's let's have him box it up. I think that's gonna be nice, right? It 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 it, it should be right before the main event. Right before the main event. Let's have that Mayweather uh, uh, Stephen A versus Kwame Brown round. It's and, only. It, it's, it's it's only natural, Sebi. I mean, all this talking back and forth, you know, it's, right. it's, it's all fun, fun, and entertainment. But if there's really beef and there's really, you know, conversation going on between y'all two, as men, it's just natural to get it out. So if, if that's if you want to make it public and you want to go to the public eye, why not put the put the fight on a public stream as well and make that happen too? So it, it, I can see it going either way. But but Kwame, but, but Kwame Brown is speaking his piece. 
he's talking stuff, yeah, he he's tired of it. He's finally fed up. So we we we'll see how it plays out. Yep, definitely, definitely there for sure. And that wraps up our stuff for today. So uh for myself and Mike, we want to say so long for you guys until next week. Lots to talk about with the NBA playoffs. And, of course, OTA is about to start for the NFL. Lots of juicy stuff, Mike. We'll see you guys next time. Hey, everyone. We're excited just as much as you guys tonight if you enjoyed this show. And, frankly, even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our itunes and spotify and remember you can stay locked in here and connected sevipodcast.info link for the latest news articles interviews and much more and remember wherever you're listening on air or online the sevi podcast is wherever you go